Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Y'all, it's October. Weird, weird, weird. This year has gone by so fast. And this year's really been uh, a very challenging year for many of us. We are uh, ascending, we are up leveling our energetic systems, going from 3D to 5D. And so the change has caused a lot of upheaval for so many people, physically, emotionally, psychologically, uh, environmentally, politically. I mean, you name it. This year has been a doozy, even though in many respects this year uh, has been a good year. The retrograde, uh, uh, retrograde periods of Mercury, we y'all blown away by the challenges, even uh, as the planet Saturn decided, thankfully, to to turn direct. There's a lot of upheaval, and we're not out of the woods yet. Mercury, uh, the planet of communication, uh, turns retrograde, or for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, goes backwards. It feels like it's going backwards. Each planet has the capacity to be void of course, which means it almost feels like it's standing still. So we may feel tired, lethargic, uh, you know, loss of energy, uh, discouraged. Uh, it has the capacity to be in retrograde, which means it's kind of like moving backwards where we're really not moving forward. We're actually reviewing uh, and, and looking at our lives in all capacities, or it can move direct, which means it moves forward and our lives move forward uh, in new and different ways. Speaking of this, I, I wanted to touch base with you about the importance of something that I found as a kid to be just absolutely endearing. Um, and in light of all the challenges that we have today in the world, um, you know, for many, many people, the world is a very, very tough place. It's not a friendly place. And I tend to be a very, very positive person, y'all. Uh, but the reality is, is that the world can be a real shit place a lot of the times. And we have to make sure that we make it a positive place. And that could mean uh, on, a, on a smaller scale, just with yourself day to day, but also to contribute to the greater good of the world. And that leads me into the topic that I'm going to talk to with y'all today about, which is 12 life lessons learned from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Now, many of y'all who are from my generation, who are in your 50s and older, will remember uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the show that was on when we were kids. I remember so many times sitting my little tushy in front of the, the TV and uh, watching Mr. Rogers, and I loved it. It was sweet, good TV. 
but I was a little kid and I didn't have a, a larger understanding of why he was talking about all those things. But this guy, y'all, uh, unfortunately, he's not alive anymore, but he was a groundbreaker. And I wanted to share some thoughts with you uh, because I, I was tootling around. I, I think, of course, I, I get a lot of inspiration from some of the things that I see on Facebook. And there was this, uh, somebody had uh, posted a video on YouTube where Mr. Rogers accepted a Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm going to talk about that. And and it brought up just even that, just brought up such a uh, a beautiful feeling in my belly that I had to watch it. And it just really begged me to share these thoughts with you today. Outside of the number one need that we all have for love and belonging, I really believe another need that ranks quite high on the scale of needs is the desire to be inspired, uplifted, and cared for. When I was growing up, like I was saying, in the 70s, I was born in 1969, so in the early 70s, we, we really had clean TV. In the 80s, we had clean TV. And what I mean by that is there's no cussing, no sexual innuendos, no reference to the negativity uh, of life at all except topics that most of us struggled with. The content and language on TV is massively different now than it was in the 70s and the 80s. And I'm, like I said, those of you who are of my generation can really, really see the difference, uh, the heaviness, um, and, and many times the inappropriateness of what's on TV now. One thing I remember doing, like I said, as a little girl, uh, plopping my, my Little touch in front of the TV was watching Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. And I loved everything about that show. The opening song to his last words in it, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Mr. Rogers had so much to teach us as children. And he was a trailblazer, like I said at the at the time, and very few people realize that. He was a teaching all of us little ones about what what is so very needed in the world right now, but he did it back then. He taught us about acceptance, about love, compassion, kindness, and making good choices, being true to ourselves, and also contributing to the greater good. And he did this brilliantly. His voice was so sweet and calm and soothing, so there was never any harshness in what he had to say. He created a whole neighborhood, too, on TV with characters, puppets, and stories that drove his points home. Recently, I was inspired, like I said, to look up uh, this video of Mr. Rogers, but even more so quotes that he offered the viewers because I'd watched his acceptance speech when he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award, like I mentioned before, for his work on a show. And having connected with this YouTube video, I really wanted to take you back to this sweet and innocent time in my life, um, in my childhood. And for those of y'all who don't get the chance, who didn't get the chance to watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, here are a few insights into this wonderful man. Mr. Rogers spent his whole life showing us that we should love everyone despite their supposed shortcomings or differences and offer compassion and understanding wherever we can. 
He showed what being neighborly truly meant. So here are some of the life lessons, 12 of them that I've picked out, even though there are hundreds of them. Uh, I wanted to share with you the ones that I and others learned from Mr. Rogers when we were coming up. So listen closely as I share his simple yet profound wisdom with you. First one is love always wins. Mr. Rogers said that love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun like to struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now. Mutual caring relationships require kindness and patience, tolerance, optimism, joy in the other's achievements, confidence in oneself, and the ability to give without undue thought or gain, undue thought of gain. We need to help people to discover the true meaning of love. Love is generally confused with dependence. Those of us who have grown in true love know that we can love only in proportion to our capacity for independence, right? So the greater love you have for yourself, the greater capacity you have to stand on your own is commensurate with the, the capacity that you have to give to someone else. The connections we make in the course of a life, maybe that's what heaven is. Existing from the state of love means that you aren't connected to any particular outcome or personality trait. You simply offer acceptance and understanding of what someone else might be going through. So many people need that moment of feeling what true love is from somebody else. I think we all do. I think uh, very few of us really experience the total beauty of when somebody holds space for us without expectation, without judgment, just simply in beingness. And there's so many ways to offer that to somebody, a shoulder to cry on, a smile as you greet somebody on the street, or buy them a cup of coffee, pay for their meal. Love can show up in an infinite amount of ways. And the beauty of this about love is that it always wins. Two, cherish the little things in life. Our society's mentality these days is like fast food, y'all. We want what we want when we want it, and we get pissed off when we don't have it immediately. But in the external scheme of things, Shiny moments are as brief as the twinkling of an eye, yet such twinklings are what eternity is made of. Moments when we human beings can say, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I forgive you, I'm grateful for you. That is what eternity is made of. Invisible and perishable good stuff, as Mr. Roger said. I remember a moment about 12 years ago when I was struggling with something at the job I was working at at the time, I was working two jobs at a full-time job and I was uh, trying to expand my practice at the same time. And a beautiful soul uh, who worked with me, I, I went into her office, she was a dear, deep-souled woman. I sat across from her and I was sharing my thoughts with her, my frustrations, the challenges that I was facing in this uh, deliciously disgusting bureaucratic environment that I worked in and I just kind of stopped and I looked at her. I was dumbfounded because I was just feeling terribly trapped. 
And she said, Janice, I believe in you. And I believe that you will make everything okay. I have faith in you. And I'll never forget that moment. It changed my life. I had never heard that from anybody before. I believe in you. I have faith in you. Two powerful statements that can change someone's life. And it sure did mine. Number three, value yourself. I've never met a person who didn't struggle to value themselves at one point or another in their lives. We all face challenges that test our resolve and our ability to maintain a sense of personal worth. If each of us, one by one, learns to value who we are, and then we take that a step further, y'all, and we build each other up instead of competing with one another so that we can only meet our own needs, then as as I called him, almost called him Dr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers said, the world needs a sense of worth, and it will be achieved only by its people feeling that they are worthwhile. So as we become more valuable to ourselves, so does the world. Number four, never give up. How many times have you felt completely resourceless? How many times have you felt like you had no other options and that life was just too damn hard? My dear, as Mr. Rogers would say, often when you think you're at the end of something, you're really at the beginning of something else. Please don't ever forget this. Endings, while often undesired and unwelcome, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're often the very thing that pushes us over the hump to allow us to reach our dreams. There are always endings, and there are always beginnings. Your job is to continue to hold faith, even in the toughest times. For you never know what's on the other side of the moment, the moments right before you give up. It's hard to welcome change because we hold on to what we, we feel we want and we need so tightly that it's a threat if change accesses it. And I'll let you in on another secret, y'all. The outcome on the other side of the moment that you think of giving up is more glorious than you could ever imagine. So I ask that when you are literally on your knees, that you do two things. One, surrender to a force that's larger than you and ask for help. When you come from a place of the, a, a soulful cry for help, your life changes because you're letting go of what you think needs to happen. And then the minute you do that, welcome the change. Number five, accept others. Perhaps one of the hardest things we human beings have the charge to do is to just accept others as they are. I was in the car with my mama the other day, and over the course of the last several years, uh, I've truly changed how I see and experience life. Granted, there are times where I still struggle, but for the most part, I go, I've changed my default setting. When things happen that I don't like, when people do things to me that I don't like, uh, when things turn out in a way that I don't like or want, 
I really lean into two sayings. One, it is what it is. And two, if you argue with the truth, you're going to be in pain. So stop arguing. So because of that, I've been able to change my default setting going immediately into, okay, now what do I do? I go into solutions and problem solving. And it has saved me such heartache, I can't even begin to tell you because I don't want to argue with the truth anymore. My job is to look at it, use it, and be better for it. The entire idea behind Mr. Rogers' show was that his door was always open to anybody who wanted to come in. Indeed, even in a time of tumultuous racial strife back in the day, the show debuted in the late 60s, y'all. He was the bastion of social progress, advocating the beauty of diversity. He said, finding ways to harmonize our uniqueness with the uniqueness of others can be the most fun and the most rewarding of all. He said, even famously breakdanced. This is so funny on his show because he was a man with an eternally open mind and heart. People would write in and say, ask him, what about this thing? What about that thing? And he would make sure to do it on purpose so that not only that person who wrote in could be recognized by him, but other people could benefit. Number six, recognize how wonderfully unique you are. There's a reason why there are so many people on this earth, y'all. You ever thought about that? It's not because uh, God says, let's just overcrowd this place, right? Uh, we're all different. And there's no one person who's the exact image of us internally, even if you're part of a multiple sibling unit, born at the same time, fraternal or identical. Mr. Rogers was very realistic about how flawed human nature is, and he reminded us that while no one is perfect, it's our individual imperfections that make each one of us so special. I like you just the way you are, was his constant touching refrain. Try to remember that when someone touches a nerve in you, their presence is a gift for you to work through your struggles so that you may give to someone else in kind. So just know that what bugs you in somebody else is something that you need to work on within you. We can always improve ourselves, but we begin at a perfect place for it just by being who we are. Number seven, remember others are not as different as, they as their appearance might suggest. Mr. Rogers knew that despite our differences, we all basically have the same fears and desires at our core. And understanding that leaves so much room for empathy. He says, frankly, there isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you've heard their story, he said. He reminded us all to embrace our individual power. He said, never underestimate the impact that your mere existence can have on another human being. He said, there's something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. So why not leave them feeling good and better off for having met you? I do my best. I really, really try to do my best to help others feel good in my presence. I hope I do that with you. Uh, and, and I hope I do that. I, I really try to, to do that with everybody. It's very important to me. 
And while there's a strong pleaser inside of me that emerges, you know, from growing up as a kid, uh, to me, there is no better feeling than to lift somebody else up who's downtrodden. For me, it's imperative that at the very least, people experience me as a kind, warm, loving, compassionate, and generous human. Don't forget to leave others feeling as though they're glad they met you. Eight, teach by example. The reason Mr. Rogers always carefully hung up his coat at the beginning of each episode was to instill this good habit in children. And that was a motivating principle that permeated not only his show, but his entire lifestyle. Uh, one of his favorite quotes was the old Quaker saying, attitudes are caught, not taught. Children are the most important people we need to influence to live big, to go for their dreams, and to stay their course when they believe they need to move in a particular direction. This all comes down to how we adults model for them. We all come from different backgrounds. And many of you come from families that didn't say I love you or practice physical affection or any kind of showing of love and support. Whatever it is that we want to teach our children, we have to show them clearly and guide them with our full hearts. Children are like sponges, y'all. They will soak up what's in their environment and either repeat the patterns or realize that certain patterns have to change. And the beauty of getting older, y'all, is that we have the capacity to understand how everybody's limited, even if they try to do the right thing. We're not perfect. Teach these babies, teach these children to choose wisely and to be the anti-model for the upbringing that you had in the parts that weren't healthy. Teach children to love fully, to have compassion, to serve others, to learn to be independent, to strive to be the largest version of themselves and to make this world a better place. Nine. Make the world a better place is everybody's responsibility. Mr. Rogers said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. And my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And to this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words and I'm always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers in the world. That's what he said. And it's true. It's true that it's everybody's responsibility to make this world a better place. And while it may seem daunting to be one person trying to make big change, it really does make a difference. Change begins and ends with you. Be the change you want to see, and you will soon find out that the change you see is you. We have the capacity to be the helpers. And all we have to do is expand our peripheral vision, y'all, to see the helpers. Another quote from Mr. Rogers that I love is, we live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, it's not my community, it's not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. And to him, he considered those people heroes. 10. It's not what you possess, but what you do with what you possess that really matters. So simple and yet 
so profound. It's not so much what we have in this life that matters, it's what we do with what we have, said Mr. Rogers. The alphabet is fine, but it's what we do with it that matters most, making words like friend and love. That's what really matters. This is the simple yet profound wisdom that Mr. Rogers offered us, a new perspective on an old way of thinking. We're gluttons in the United States, y'all. We can get anything we want at any time. The biggest way to show gratitude for the multitude that we have at our fingertips is to share ourselves and our wealth with others, even if we have no pennies to rub together. There's always something to give to lift someone else up. 11. Be kind. Always and no matter what. There are three ways to ultimate success, says Mr. Rogers. The first way is to be kind. The second way is to be kind. And the third way is to be kind. 12. Take time to remember the people who helped you on your journey. Mr. Rogers moved an entire room of celebrities to tears when he got up to receive his Lifetime Achievement Award at the Emmys in 1997. Instead of going on about his accomplishments and listing off a bunch of rote thank yous, he asked everybody to take 10 seconds with him. Quote, to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who cared about you and wanted what was best for you in your life. He said, I'll count the time. And he did. He gently and quietly for 10 seconds looked at his watch while the room was silent and people were crying. People in the audience, while they did this exercise, were so moved because of what Mr. Rogers represented they felt his truth, his heart, and his primary message that I leave with you today. Be mindful, be kind, be giving, and be grateful. I wish you a wonderful day a blessed week, and as always, be kind and live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 